Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, Pardon My Past. The starring players... This is Marguerite Chapman. This is John Hodiak. And this is Bill Damarest. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Columbia Pictures' amusing study of double identity, Pardon My Past. It stars John Hodiak in the dual role of Eddie York and Francis Pemberton, and Marguerite Chapman and William Demarest in their original roles of Joan and Chuck. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Pardon My Past. Me, my name is Eddie York, and I saw plenty of action during the war. But the thing that happened right afterward, believe me, that shouldn't happen to a dog face. We were walking along Fifth Avenue, Chuck Gibson and I, and we thought we had the world by the tail. We had our discharge papers, some new civvies that almost fit us, two tickets to Beaver Falls, and enough cash in my wallet to start a mink farm, 3000 bucks. We'd saved that out of our army pay and a couple of crap games on the boat coming back. Yeah, I guess we were feeling pretty good until this mean-looking guy stepped up to us. Hello, Pemberton. What? You talking to me? You heard me, Pemberton. What? Now, wait a minute, bud. You got the wrong guy. Yes, your name is Eddie York. You better blow, mister. We don't like strangers. Pemberton, I got orders to bring you in. Me? Bring me in where? Yeah, beat it, guy. Or I'll smack you three ways from... Uh-oh. A gun. Why didn't you say you was a cop? I got a car here. Get in. Now, look here, officer. Move, I said. Okay, but you'll find out you've made a mistake. Same to you, Mr. Pemberton. I got him, Mr. Arnold. Here he is. Oh, yes, Long. Bring him in. Hey, Eddie. This ain't no police station. Well, these guys aren't cops. This joint is upholstered like a... Quiet, you guys. Mr. Arnold does the talking. Hey, sit down, gentlemen. I was just looking at this book my dealer found for me. A real bargain, $5,000. $5,000 for a book? Uh, do you read Shakespeare, my friend? No. You do read. Sure, I read. Where do you get off asking things like that? Don't holler at Mr. Arnold. It's quite all right, Long. Now then, Mr. Pemberton. Look, you've got me mixed up with somebody else. My name is Eddie York. And my name is Gibson. We're mink ranchers. Yeah, and we're leaving for Beaver Falls tomorrow to open... Uh, Mr. Pemberton, please. You really believe my name is Pemberton? Francis Pemberton. And two years ago, you placed a bet with me. $12,000 on Pegasus in the sixth race at Hialeah. Since then, you've been a little difficult to locate. But now I must insist that you pay. You see, my hobbies are rather expensive, Mr. Pemberton. Look, if you keep on calling me Pemberton... Call it. Don't make a move. I was just reaching for my wallet. An excellent idea. Put your gun down, Long. Well, there you are, in black and white on my discharge card. Eddie York. I'll take that wallet, please. What? Hand it over, Eddie. 
They got a gun. Well, thank you. Hmm. $3,000. Hey, wait a minute. That's every penny I've got. We've got. You had. Mr. Pemberton, I'll credit this to your account. And I'm afraid I'll have to call on you tomorrow for the balance. But you can't... Murder is rather frowned upon these days in my profession, but I have one very bad mental quirk. I can't bear it when live people owe me money. Huh? Long, take them away. Drop them where you found them. That was a fine how-do-you-do. Next thing, we're back on Fifth Avenue again, only Arnold's got my wallet and my 3,000 bucks. Ah, 3,000 bucks. Our 3,000. And it was pretty clear by now, I really did look like this Francis Pemberton. So Chuck came up with a bright idea. To find out where this Pemberton lived, go up there, explain, and get our money back. That was a pretty big house, a real mansion. And you can imagine the shock when the butler opened the door for us. Mr. Pemberton, uh, this is a surprise, sir. Uh, shall I get you a drink? Uh, well, uh... Bourbon and soda. I was pinching myself to make sure I wasn't dreaming. And just then, the nicest dream of all came floating down the hall. I'm so happy to see you. Why didn't you write or something? How are you? How was Mexico? Uh, Mexico? Yes. Well, look, there's something I've got to explain. I mean... Silly, isn't this your home? Why should you apologize? Well, uh... no reason at all. Oh, how do you do? I don't think we've met, but then Francis always forgets to introduce people. The name is Gibson, ma'am. Just call me Chuck. How nice. You can call me Joan if you want to. I want to. (laughs) I hope you're staying with us, Chuck. Well, uh, 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 just for a few days, maybe, uh, till I, uh, uh, build up my strength. Yes, he's leaving as soon as I pay him some money I owe him. Three thousand dollars. Three thousand. I see your luck hasn't changed. Well, Francis, why don't you give him a check? A uh, check? Oh, well, I, I, I would, only, uh, well, I think Chuck would rather have the cash, wouldn't you, Chuck? Yeah, good hard cash. That's for me. Well, I, I don't think there's that much in the house. Oh. But then you can call Uncle Wills in the morning. Can't we call him tonight? No, he's in Washington till tomorrow morning. So I guess that means you're staying, Chuck. I'll have a guest room made ready. Francis, you'll be in your old room, of course. Look, Joan, I can't really... Not now. I'd better go find the housekeeper. Eddie, we're in. Chuck, who do you think that girl is? I don't know. What's the difference? Well, suppose she's my wife. Is that bad? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, won't, I won't do it, Chuck. It's wrong. It's not right. It's... Francis! Uh-oh. Another relative. Well, well, well. I thought we'd got rid of you. Not back to stay, I hope. Uh, well... Same old worthless tomcat you was before. What did you run you out down there? Hey, now, look. You can't talk to my pal that way. Who are you? I was going to ask that. Who are you, his old man? I could sue you for that. I'm only his grandpa. As far as I'm concerned, that's too darn close for Grandpa, comfort. Francis, don't, don't mind him. You know how he is. But does he talk to everybody this way? Why don't you open the window and toss the old cockroach out in the petunias? Him? <laughs> if he did, I might think there was still some hope for him. Now, Grandpa, come along. It's way past your bedtime. Good night, Papa. Nice to have met you. Oh, yeah? Well, think mutual. Good night. Say, Eddie, all those things they told us we was fighting for. You know, I think this is it. Boy, what a joint. And what a room they gave me. They gave us. I'm staying here, too. But you got your own room. You heard her say so. I don't even know where it is. And she might be in there. No, thanks. I'm sitting this one out. Mm. 
I'm not making a move until I find... Ah, oh, so there you are, you dandy-legged warthog. What have I done now? Nothing as usual. The question is, what are you going to do? About what? About what? Young man, I'm talking about the little lady down the hall. Two years you've been away, and her crying her heart out every night. Now you just march your way in there and do something about it. Go on, she's waiting for you. Go on now, get. Yes, but but I. Nighty night, pal. I'll talk to you later. Now what? Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I see? Francis. Uh oh. Francis, I've been waiting for you. I I want to talk to you. Well, sure. Why not? I didn't get a chance to ask you before, but Francis, what about Mary? Mary? Yes, Mary. Uh, well, I... I was sort of hoping we could forget about that. I suppose you'd like to forget about Stephanie, too. Stephanie? You've treated her even worse than Mary. Well, I'm sorry. I guess that's the way I am. Just a brute, that's all. Aren't you even curious about her? Don't you want to know how she is? Oh, sure, sure. You know, I, I've, I've been wondering. How is she, anyway? Come on, I'll take you in to see her. You mean she's here, right here in the house? Well, of course she's here. Uncle Wills has been very careful about that. He's got two detectives watching her all the time. Here's Stephanie's room. Look, do you think I ought to barge in like this? I mean... Stephanie, see who's here. Wait a minute, Dolly. I'll turn on the light. Stephanie, look. Daddy! Daddy! Well, I'll be darned. Slowly now, the pieces of the puzzle started fitting together. Mary was Francis Beverton's wife. Stephanie was his child. And Joan? She's the one I was really interested in. Joan was some sort of relative who lived in the house and took care of the youngster. <laughs> the youngster. I had quite a time with her. She hung on like she'd never let me go and kept saying over and over again, Daddy, can't I see Mommy? Can't I see Mommy? Please. So I just said, sure, sure, you can see your mother, Stephanie. And Joan said, Francis, that's wonderful. I think you're a darling. Well, I got a pretty good night's sleep. But the next morning, Stephanie's mother arrived. I guess Joan had called her, and that's when my trouble started all over again. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for letting me see you. Well, that's okay. Forget it. Daddy, you like Mommy, don't you? Oh, well, Sure. I mean... Daddy, can I go and stay with Mommy sometime? Now, darling, Daddy's been very kind already. Let's not take advantage of it. But I want to. Daddy, can I go and stay just a little while? Oh, I, I, I guess so. Sure. Sure, go ahead. Francis, you're not choking. What? Well, no, of course not. Take her any time you want. Why shouldn't a child be with her mother? Oh, thank you again, Francis. I still can't believe it. You've changed so much, why didn't you answer my letters, Francis? Letters? Didn't you get them? Oh, you mean your letters? Well, that's a long story. You see, I... Francis. Oh, hello, Joan. Francis, there's a Mr. Arnold here to see you. He's in the library with Chuck. With Chuck? I think you'd better go in. Yeah. I think I'd better, too. Now, that's the difference between us, Mr. Pemberton. When I make a promise, I always keep it. And I promised we'd collect the balance of what you owe us today. Look, Mr. Arnold, you've got to believe me. I'm not this Pemberton guy you're after. Of course not. You just live in his home. You just order his servants about. You just... Uh... Listen, Lunkhead, don't you understand? Shut up, you. It's a pleasure. 
It's amazing how persuasive Long can be when you know he has that little gun. And now then, Mr. Pemberton, I'd like my money. I tell you, I haven't got it. I haven't got a dime. Where is that decrepit idiot? What's that? Now, Otto, Will, please. I'll give him a piece of my mind. I'll tell him off. What part of your amazing family is that, Mr. Pemberton? Well, I guess that must be my Uncle Will. No need for you to come in, Joan. I'll handle this alone. Alone, he says. Francis, what's the meaning of this? Well, you see, I needed a little money. I'm not talking about the money. The money is nothing. Nothing, he says. Be quiet, sir. Francis, what is Mary doing here? Well, Stephanie wanted to see her, and I thought... You fool, you idiot. After spending two years in court to prove she was an unfit mother, I won't allow it, you hear? I won't have it. I thought it might be something like that. Is that? Look, we can talk about the ladies later. Right now, let's concentrate on the moolah, huh? Francis, what is this moron talking about? Money. I need $3,000. Twelve. I need $12,000. I need it right away. What for? If you think I'm just going to hand you $12,000... Just a minute, Uncle Wills. I want to ask you something. Is this money mine? Well, of course, it's yours, but just the same. Then don't give me any more arguments, see? What did you say? I said I'm tired of listening to you shoot off your mouth. I want $12,000, and I want it right now. Well, I haven't got that much in cash, of course, but if a check will do... Hey, uh, here's a pen. Thank you. Francis, I'd like to talk to you. You guys keep on writing. Come on, you can talk later. Come yes. On. Yes. Here you are, Francis. $12,000. I... I wait for you outside. Till your friends are gone. Hey, we did it, pal. We got the dough. Yeah. Pay to the order of Francis Pemberton. I believe that check belongs to me, if you please. Now, look, you've already collected 3000 from us and my wallet, too. Oh, I have that right here. Cash, phony identification papers and everything. You can have it back as soon as you endorse this check. And may I have your pen, Cluck? The name is Chuck. <laughs> A rose by any other name. Uh, thank you. Now, Mr. Pemberton, if you'll just sign here. Francis... Pemberton. Mm, that's fine. Here's your wallet. And let me assure you, I was never happier to say goodbye. Let's go along. Yes, sir. Right with you, Mr. Arnold. Hey, Chuck, look, it's all here. The whole 3,000 bucks. Now we can scram out of this place. What's, and... what's the matter? Holy cow, Chuck. What's the matter? I, I just realized I, I signed Francis Pemberton's name on that check. They won't honor it at the bank, and Arnold's going to think we crossed him. Chuck, for the love of Pete, what'll we do? You had the right idea a minute ago. Let's scram. scram out of there, and we were on our way when it happened. The one thing we hadn't counted on. We heard the front doorbell ring, and we heard the butler go to answer it. We heard the big door swing open, and then... Hello, Birch. I'm afraid that I forgot my key. Mr. Pemberton. Oh, come now. You can't be that surprised. But, but Mr. Pemberton, you, you, you were just in the... In Mexico, of course. Now, suppose you forget the welcoming ceremonies and go and fix me a bourbon and soda. <laughs> Yes, sir. And, Birch, if my return is such a shock to you, perhaps you'd better fix one for yourself. 
It was him, all right, Francis Pemberton. But if you'd asked me right then, I'd have said it was me. I caught a squint of him as he went down the hall, and it was just like I was looking in a mirror. We two were alike as two peas on a fork. Even Uncle Wills couldn't tell the difference. Just then he came barging down the hall stairs. Francis? Hello, Uncle Wills. Surprised? You certainly was. Francis, I never thought you'd speak to me that way. What way? The way you spoke in the library. The library? I haven't been in the library. Now, Francis, please. But I haven't. I just got here, Uncle Wills. I just arrived from Mexico. Really, I haven't been in the house a full minute. Then, then it must have been an imposter. An imposter? He looked like you. He spoke like you. I would have sworn it was you. Why, I even gave him a check for $12,000. You did? Yes. And Mary and Stephanie. This explains everything. What? What about Mary and Stephanie? They're gone. Gone? Don't you see what happened? This... This crook must have been mistaken for you in the past. He knew that he could pass as your double. But Uncle Will... It's as clear as crystal. He reads about the divorce, gets in touch with Mary. They cook up a deal to kidnap Stephanie Kidnap and... Stephanie? Uncle Wills, we've got to do something. Don't worry, my boy. They won't get far. Birch? Birch, where are you? Right here, sir. Get the police on the telephone. Then call the bank. Make it fast, Birch. Here, yes, sir, yes, sir. Francis, I'll stop that check. They won't get a dime. I don't care about the money, Uncle Wills. It's Mary. I was hoping that if I pulled myself together, she might maybe give me another try. I never thought she'd do a thing like this. Now, Francis, I know just how you feel. But I must insist you leave Mary to me. All right. I guess I've been a lot of trouble. Well, I've always tried to help you, my boy. But now you've had a long trip. You must be very tired. You'd better go upstairs and get some rest. <laughs> Right about there, Chuck and I began to boil. Overhearing a thing like that, we knew Uncle Wills was pulling a fast one. But we didn't have much time to feel sorry for Francis. We were too worried about ourselves. We couldn't stay in the house, and we couldn't leave, not with the cops out looking for us. So we ducked into a big closet in the library. And that's how we happened to hear Grandpa and Joan. Doesn't matter what Uncle Wills might say. I don't believe it, Grandpa. I just don't believe that fellow was a crook. Of course he wasn't no crook. Plain as the nose on Uncle Wills' face. What makes you so sure? Because <laughs> I know, that's why. <laughs> that fellow must have been Francie's twin brother. Twin brother? Nobody knew it but me. You see, Francis was adopted when he was six months old. But they never told him. They thought it might be better that way. Well, yes, but the twin... John and Sue would have taken them both, but the other one had already been spoken for. Whoever it was, they got the good one. Oh, Grandpa, I'm so glad to know the truth. You are, huh? Why? You take a shine to that other fella? Well, I, I liked him. Hmm. I thought he was Francis. I'm so happy to know he changed. Hmm. Must be this spring weather. You better drink yourself some molasses and sulfur. Now, Grandpa, please. Well, drink something. That's what I'm going to do. Unless Francis finished everything in the house already. You got good taste, girl. I like the fellow himself. <laughs> I wonder how he knew. I wonder how he knew what... Joan. Where, where did you... Where did you come from? That's well, a long story, sister. We ain't hardly got time for that now. Joan, I want to talk to you. I don't even know. I, I don't know which one you are. With me around? How can you miss? Joan, I couldn't tell you before. We got into this thing and we couldn't get out. My name is Eddie York. How do you do? I'm pleased to meet you. How do you like that? 
We're up to our neck, and they're starting to get formal. Eddie, tell her, will you? We're in trouble, Joan. We're in lots of trouble. You mean the police? Listen, that's just the half of it. I endorse that check to Mr. Arnold. When it turns up, N.G., he'll come gunning for us. You've got to help us get away from here. You could get us a, a cab or a car or, or anything. Well, is that too much to ask? I thought you liked me. I did. That's why I'm so disappointed. Disappointed? You're only thinking of yourself. Who else is there? Francis. I didn't think you'd run out on him. Oh, now, look, Joan. You must know what Uncle Wills is doing to him and to Mary, too. I've tried to tell Francis, but he won't even listen. You're the only one who can set him straight. But, Joan... You spoke to Mary, and you know how she feels. It's Uncle Wills is keeping them apart. And if you walk out now, Who I... says we're walking? I say we're walking. Now, take it easy, Chuck. Eddie, you'll do it? You'll make Francis wake up? No. I've got a better idea. We'll let Uncle Wills wake him up. But how? Can you get Francis down here? Make him hide in that closet? And, uh, tell him Mary wants to see him or something? Oh, I think so. Okay. I'll come back in here, and then... And then what? And I'll just wait for Uncle Wills. Francis? Oh, hello, Uncle Wills. I thought you were upstairs in your room. I am. I beg your pardon? Yep. Sound asleep, like I've been for years. Francis, uh, are you feeling all right? Sure, I feel fine. But, uh, Uncle Wills, I think you need a pair of glasses. Unless you want to take another look at me. Take another look at... You mean you're the other one? I thought you'd gone. Uh, curiosity killed my cousin, the cat. I uh, had to find something out before I left. What do you want? I want to know what you did with all those letters from Mary. You don't like to put that into words, do you? You don't like to say you destroyed them all. I'm asking you again. What do you want? I want to know why you're keeping those two apart. You wouldn't like to answer that either, would you? You wouldn't like to say you want to keep control of Francis. Uh, maybe not so much Francis, but control of his money. You wouldn't like to admit what might happen to you if Francis took over control, if he ever started going over his books and discovered what a sucker he's been. All right. I'll make you a proposition, my friend. I'm willing to listen. Why did you come here in the first place? For money? In a way. Very well. If you'll clear out of here and stop meddling, I'll make good that check I gave you this morning and possibly add a little more besides. What do you say? Well, I uh, always like to sleep on a deal. No, I've got to know right now. Look, uh, just let me think it over a little. Uh, you stay right here. I'll go out in the hall. It won't be long. No? No, I've got a hunch it won't be long at all. Eddie, shh. We couldn't resist. We've been listening out here. Eddie, do you think it's going to work? Well, I don't know. Francis was in that closet, and he must have gotten a lowdown on Uncle Will's. Now, if he's just got spine enough to come up. <laughs> yes, he he came out. He came out fine. Okay, Mr. Robin Hood. You got everything settled. Now can we scram out of this joint? Now, wait a minute, Chuck. How about Arnold? Oh, I'm sure Francis will take care of him. But what about Mary? Well, I'm sure that Francis will take care of her, too. Now, what about us? Us? Joni, do you know anything about Mink? Not much. I've never met one formally. 
I want to start from the bottom and learn with us. He means we're going to run our mink ranch. Yeah, we three could be very happy together. We three? How about it, Joan? Oh, Eddie. Eddie. Hey, Eddie. You got lipstick again. <laughs> yes, but uh, now it's legitimate. I'm in the family. We're going to be related by marriage. Thank you, William Demarest, John Hodiak, and Marguerite Chapman for your delightful performances in tonight's play. Thank you, Mr. Bradley. It was our fun. The wonderful work being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund in its country house makes our appearances with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players a double pleasure. For we know the benefits from these programs support that work. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Chapman. In just another month, there'll be thousands of weddings all over America. June is the month of brides. And is there anyone more romantic-looking than a bride, a woman in love? Her very happiness gives her an exquisite bloom. Well, that's the sort of thing my flattering bridal pink face powder shade does for your skin and for you. Bridal pink makes any woman look far more romantic because it gives such an exquisite bloom to your skin. That's why I call it bridal pink. And the wonderful thing about my Lady Esther bridal pink is this. It has an elusive, mysterious quality of flattery that makes it right for four basic skin types. If you're a blonde... Bridal pink will dramatize your blondness, make your skin look softer, more alluring. If you're a brunette, bridal pink will intensify the contrast, make you look more romantic. If you're a brownette, bridal pink will lift up your whole appearance. And if you're a redhead, bridal pink will wake up your skin, give it the life and warmth that needs to go with your hair. The moment you see my Lady Esther bridal pink, you'll be anxious to try it. And when you do you'll see how much extra flattery it brings to your skin. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Brief Encounter. It will star Herbert Marshall and Lily Palmer. Be sure to listen. Pardon My Past was produced and directed by Bill Lawrence, adapted by Harry Cronman, and was presented through the courtesy of Columbia Pictures and Mutual Productions. Music on tonight's show was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. John Hodiak appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture, The Yearling, starring Gregory Peck, Jane Wyman, and Claude Jarman, Jr. William Demarest will soon be seen in Paramount's Technicolor production, The Perils of Pauline. Marguerite Chapman appeared through the courtesy of Columbia Pictures, producers of the Technicolor picture, Down to Earth, starring Rita Hayworth and Larry Parks. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you, and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.